Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, Jay Harvey. Hi, Jim. How are you? Hey, Merry Christmas, Jay. I mean, the days are counting down to the big holiday. Eggnog galore. <laughs> oh, you have the eggnog. <laughs> you can have it. But I'm going to take some pumpkin pie or maybe some Christmas cookies. I'm ready for that. That sounds great, too. You know, speaking of pie and eggnog and cookies kind of reminds me that we need to have an office party where I work. Mm. Uh, in fact, Jay, we want you to come. I mean, you're sure. a co-host here on Viewpoint. We want to have a party for all of those who work in our team and Yet, when I think about office parties and sometimes a school party growing up, Christmas could be a little bit tense because I wasn't necessarily a party guy. Not because I didn't want to be there, but I often felt like, well, it's just a little awkward. Maybe they didn't really want me there. I wanted to kind of blend in. I don't know. Sometimes the holidays can be especially poignant when we feel a little insecure, maybe wounded, bruised. Mm -hmm. We want to be out there, but we're not sure if we should be out there. What do you think? Have you ever had some experience? You know, that creates a lot of pressure. And uh, sometimes when we might be around those who have wounded us or reminded of experiences where we have been wounded, it just creates a little tension. And sometimes we withdraw and miss out on opportunities to get started on healing those wounds. But that's what we're going to talk about, I think. And when you're wounded or bruised, you sometimes then lose control of your life because you're not able to do the things that you really would like to do and that would be good to do. But you just withdraw, you protect yourself, you have a screen, you have a guard. That's what we are talking about this week on Viewpoint, Jay. And we're inspired by a book written by our friend Stephen Arterburn, who was with us last week, and his co-author David Stoop. The new book is called Take Your Life Back, It's drawn out of some famous stories of the Bible, the prodigal son story in particular. And when we come back, Jay, let's begin to unpack a little bit about what we might do to take our life back by just understanding that we have surrendered so much life because we've been hurt.
Clutch mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful time. It's the most wonderful time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. One of the most famous stories ever told is called the parable of the prodigal son, sometimes the lost son or the wayward son or the loser son. <laughs> this youngest son of the story always gets the bum rap in the title. It's not a title that was assigned to it by the author of the story. It's simply one that we have read it over time, have given to it. But it's a story about a dad and two boys. Jesus is the author. And the story is recorded for us in the New Testament, in Luke chapter 15. And famously, we have this well-to-do father. He has two boys, and the younger one is kind of tired of living at home. He sees that he has a whole big world out there to explore, so he comes to his dad one day, and he says, I want my share of the inheritance. Why should I wait till I'm old and unable to go explore for this piece of the estate that is rightfully mine? So, dad, I want you to cash me out right now so I can take my, my trove and just walk down the road and go taste life. Mm. It's the story so often lived in life, and it's the story of this boy who becomes lost. He becomes wayward. He's the prodigal. But as he goes away, he finds himself having a really good time for a while. But then the money runs out, and he's desperate. He's destitute. There's a famine in the land. He doesn't have food to eat. He's reduced to getting a job working with pigs and livestock where he once was in fancy restaurants dining with prostitutes. Now he's just eating pig slop. Mm. And then the story takes a turn. And Jay, I see that you have it right in front of you. Pick the story up and read us these words right out of the Bible, beginning with verse number 17. Be glad to, Jim, one of my favorites. Um, in verse 17, it begins this way. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home... Even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please, take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. And right there, we have the story of this boy who has run away. And I say boy because I'm an old guy. He's a young man. He's run away with his estate. He's squandered it. He has a moment where he comes to his senses. He comes home. He's filled with shame. He's wounded. And his father embraces him and celebrates his coming home. And they have a party. And right here, we have life. Mm. This young man lost his life. He lost control of his life when he decided to rebel against his father, to squander what his opportunities were, to pursue his own just will and way, 
And then he lost his life to shame. Coming back home, he knows, I'm not worthy even to be considered your servant, Dad. And yet the Father loves him. It's such a great picture mm -hmm. of the God who has made us and our rebellion against him. But have you ever wondered, why did he leave home in the first place? What was he running away from? Mm. You know, this is a story of a young man who's redeemed, but he's filled with bruises. He's wounded. There's hurt inside of him. Some of it of his own making and some perhaps imposed upon him before he even ran away. When we come back, we're going to talk that out because all of us can find a piece of ourselves in this young guy.
As you're listening to Viewpoint today, you may have a thought or a comment you want to share, maybe a question to ask, or maybe you'd like us to pray with you about something. Well, we just want you to know we're always glad to hear from you, and we have a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, toll-free number that you can dial. This is the number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're right by the phone. We want to hear from you. We'll give you the number again at the end of our broadcast, but for now, just know this. We're interested in what you think. Jay, as you uh, have heard the story and just read it to us about this young man who runs away from home, he suffers a great deal by his own foolishness, and then he's restored back home. What do you think are some of the things in his life that have caused him to be wounded, or any of us, really? I think he's a runaway. He's running away from home. Even though the house might be healthy, and many of us grow up in healthy homes and families of origin, still there's some brokenness in all of us. Something's happened at school, at home, maybe over at grandma and grandpa's, uh, at the friend's house across the street. Somewhere as we grow up, we find ourselves punched, or hurt in some way, and we just want to run away. Right. You know, the story, it, it, it has so many things to offer in, in so many ways of life. Like you said, it could be uh, growing up and never having his voice heard. He was the younger brother. Uh, maybe having to compete for his father's love. Maybe bullied by the older brother. Maybe the older brother was always uh, lording it over him that he wouldn't get as much of the estate after dad was gone because he was going to, you just never know. But there was something that I think minimized his worth, would not allow his voice to be heard. And we all get to that age where we think, well, I would probably do better just on my own. And I'm old enough now to take what I want and go and make a life for myself. But they're doing that for the wrong reason. They're wounded. They're running away. And as we see, as I picked it up in verse 17, when he finally came to his senses and realized things were not getting better, it was time to go home. And, you know, as you're sharing that with me, Jay, all I can think about is myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> preoccupied right. with myself, I guess. But, <laughs> you know, I know I've had some wounds in my life, too. And I had a wonderful family that raised me up, people who loved me deeply, Uh, I couldn't have asked for better parents and an extended family of aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents and all that. But still, I I suffered some abuse as a child, not at home, but when I went to school, for instance, I was always kind of geeky and nerdy and I wasn't athletic. And boy, by the time I was 12 and in the seventh grade, I remember that I had put on a lot of weight because I was socially awkward and I couldn't throw that ball so well or catch it. So I retreated to my house and ate bags of chocolate chips. <laughs> and I mean, you know, pretty soon that catches up with you. And then, then people made fun of me at school. And, and you know, it wasn't really until I became an adult. Mm-hmm. When I got to college, I was able to escape from the bruises that caused for me. Actually, what happened was when I became a teenager, I began to grow taller and I kind of thinned out. Mm-hmm. But I was still wounded enough by what people had told me, that I was a loser, that I couldn't do things, that I just wanted to retreat. So I didn't go to the party. I didn't participate in in the fun that was good-natured and healthy all around me because I was afraid if I was noticed, someone would make fun of me. So I just made it my ambition not to be noticed, but wow, I needed to take my life back mm-hmm. <laughs> because that bruising, that abuse, you might say, and kids are especially unaware of how damaging their words can be. When you're a child, you say things, 
that you may not realize how deeply wounding that can be to someone else who's in your second grade or fourth grade or 10th grade class. And it's that vicious cycle, Jim, right? Because the kids who are saying those things are saying them out of their own brokenness and woundedness uh, of things that they're experiencing at home. And uh, what we don't realize is this is in the beginning when when sin entered in, it affected all of us, and we are all wounded. I grew up in a great home. I couldn't ask for, for better parents, but it doesn't matter. Everyone is wounded, and at some point, you will be wounded. It's how you deal with that and how you face that that can really predict how your life will go going forward. We can't run from it, but boy, it is hard to face. In the book, Take Your Life Back, uh, that Stephen Arterburn and David Stoop have written, they suggest several different kinds of wounding that people experience. You may not experience all of these categories, but you will at least one or two and maybe several, but they're just a part of life in this broken world. Some people have mental wounds, mental abuse, uh, just like I described. They're, They're just kind of the bullying that happens at school, or maybe you have a parent that is off the rails or a sibling, someone that uh, takes advantage of you. They never touch you, but they say things to you and about you that diminish you and make you question your value or worth. Sometimes people are just emotionally abused. This is where they're shut out. You know, you, you don't have to speak words to be wounding other people. Sometimes right. you just refuse to answer their question or just turn away when they walk in the room or, or you just have a way about you that makes them feel inferior. Those are emotional scars. That's just a part of life. It often happens. Of course, physical abuse is so much more obvious because you can actually be physically bruised. Someone is hit or punched uh, when they're vulnerable. Uh, maybe they have been pushed or shoved. There's so much sad history in human experience at homes, in schools, in the neighborhood, at work, where people are actually victims of physical abuse. And of course, sexual abuse is much in the news these days. And sadly, it must be because people are taken advantage of sexually. And they're vulnerable and the wounding that that can occur. People who are the perpetrators often have no comprehension of how a life is altered forever by that untoward and wretched touch. Mm. And so, These are all different ways in which we can sometimes be scarred or wounded. Oh, and there's one more, spiritual abuse, Mm. where somebody's theology or their religion is used as a mallet Mm -hmm. with which to pound somebody into submission. That's abusive too. Mm -hmm. And when you have experienced any of that, you lose control of your life because then you begin to react to those things, either by withdrawing, you become isolated, or you react in ways where you punch back but you're losing control of your true self and you get into denial. Mm. When we come back, Jay, let's talk about how we can get out of that. How do we take our life back? And this Christmas, how can I pull myself together and go to the party and have a good time? Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. Sounding 
joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive his inner King. In the story of the prodigal son, there's a moment when the boy comes to his senses. He realizes the way I'm living is taking me nowhere. I'm enslaved to my poverty, to my loss, to my isolation. I, I just don't want to live this way anymore. And then there's that verse. He came to his senses and he decides, I'm going to go home. I don't know what I'm going to find there, but I am not going to keep traveling this same road. And that's our key to taking your life back today. If you don't want to live enslaved, uh, cajoled, boxed in by your wounds, whatever has caused them, rightly or wrongly, then you have to make a decision. I'm not going to keep walking the same way. I'm going to turn around and go back mm. to where I came from. And where did you come from? I'm not talking about your family of origin or your parents by birth. You were created by God. And the key for all of us in taking our lives back, just like the key was for the prodigal, is to go back to the Father's house. Go back to the one who made you, who birthed you, who actually spiritually imagined you before the world was that's God. And that God is best understood through the lens of Jesus. So there's a passage, a J in John, uh, Gospel chapter 1, verse 14, which talks about this Jesus as the Word of God. He's the idea of God, the very person of God who becomes flesh and comes into this world. That's the birth of Christ. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. What does that passage tell us about who he was? You know, the passage itself, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. And interestingly enough, when you read that, if you slow down and put those two words together, grace and truth, you could end up scratching your head. But what is so real about who Jesus is in our life is that He is full of grace. But he is also the one who loves us enough through that grace to help us face the truth. And the truth sometimes is very difficult to face. If we want to claim that identity that, that we have in Christ and turn around from the one that we have been trying to manufacture for ourselves, which is really just the way that you describe, we, we cover up our woundedness and try to become something else when we know that that's not working. We, we have the grace given to us by Christ, but we also must face that truth, that hard truth, that we must look at our wound, we must walk with Jesus to get through that wound, and we can then reclaim and retake our life. It's, it's a fascinating but, but much needed truth in our lives today, being Christians, being those who walk in, in the footsteps of Christ, that He is full of grace and truth. And so often, those who may have followed Christ the longest usually forget that over and over they may have to face some hard truths about different types of wounds that they've had in their life. Um, and Jesus is the only one that can do that for us. 
And when we face that truth, we need grace because Absolutely. the truth isn't always pretty. That's right. But this idea, and think of it this Christmas, make a decision that you want to stare Christ down and let him stare you down. Mm. And that when that happens, you'll be enveloped by his grace, his favor that's undeserved. And you just realize it's not how you look. It's not how you act. It's not what you've done. He loves you because you are. You are made in his image, and he knew you before you even came into this world, and he loves you. And that grace is so critical in the taking of your life back so that you're not haunted by what other people have said, all that other abuse that you may have seen growing up or even as an adult. And similarly, you may have some shame really deep because of the way you've wounded someone else, mm -hmm. and still the grace is there for you. Jesus loves you. Mm -hmm. In spite of what you've done, just receive it. Just know you have value and worth, and you have a future. But that's where the truth comes in. The truth is you do have a future, but you have to walk away from the wounding and the woundedness mm -hmm. and surrender your life into the arms, the hands, the will of God in Christ Jesus the Lord. That's what this Christmas can be for you. And there is a Christmas party. There's a Christmas minute. There's a Christmas moment that you otherwise would have missed if you don't embrace this. Right. Jesus has come into this world. He has come from the Father with grace and truth. It's all yours. Take your life back. Don't let your past, your pain, your hurt, or what you may have done to cause others grief, don't let that stop you now from the grace and truth of Jesus, the child of Christmas. Take a deep breath. Pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful today for Christmas for the reality that the Word did become flesh and it walked into this world so we could see and know how gracious and honest and truthful you are. We're thankful, Lord, that no matter where we've been or what we've done, no matter how we failed or how we see ourselves or how others have seen us, you see us as a masterpiece, mm. waiting to be framed by your own hands and to fulfill our destinies, which is for the good. Your purpose is for us, always the good. I pray this Christmas there'll be some people set free who will take a step towards you and take their lives back and hand that life to you. I pray for all who join us in this prayer that we will acknowledge we need you, Lord. We're not able to do it by ourselves. We have to come to our senses and come home to the Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Now, if you'd like to know more about how you can take your life back, if you'd like to know how to get a copy of the book we've talked about, if you'd like to know more about this Jesus whose birth we celebrate at Christmas so full of grace and truth, give us a call. Dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. I promise you, we're by the phone, not an automated reply, a real-life person by the phone who wants to hear from you. And Jay, if they didn't want to call us up but instead preferred to check us out online, where would they go? I believe that would be, Jim, www.cbhviewpoint.org. That's right, CBH, Christians Broadcasting Hope, cbhviewpoint.org. Go online, read about the ministry, and send us an email. We will reply. Or at the last, just send me a letter by post. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up on the phone, check us out online, or use surface mail, please let us hear from you this Christmas. Jay, thanks so much for coming alongside. 
such an important message at a great time of year. Merry Christmas. And same right back at you. We want to thank Stephen Arterburn for making available to us his new book, Take Your Life Back. He wrote it together with David Stoops. We'll get you a copy. Just let us hear from you. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.